Can everybody hear me? Yeah, there we go. Much better. All right. Hey, I just want to thank uh, Freedom Church and uh, Pastor David for letting me uh, speak today. Uh, and uh, I just, uh, I don't take this lightly. I just uh, want to say thank you for inviting me back. Got a question for you. Who likes to make lists? Who likes to make lists? Oh, we've got hands all over the place. I love making lists. At work, Aaron, when we go check an apartment, he says, hey, bring your pad of paper. We're making lists. I'm like, yes. I make lists sometimes for Tirza for my birthday. Tell her what I want, what's on my, what I, what's on my mind. We try to make our kids make lists so we know what they want for Christmas. When, pastor, when the pastor asked me if I'd speak today, since he was gone today, I sat down and I was thinking, what am I going to speak on? I started making lists and lists and lists, long lists, and I started praying on them. After making a bunch of lists, I kind of sat there and I thought, yeah, it's November. I thought about what's in November. We have Thanksgiving Day coming up. So I kind of made a Thanksgiving list of my own. But before I get to my list, I just want to share a little story with you. A man and his wife were on a very strict diet. The wife brought the plates to the table and sat them down and then sat down across from her husband. This meal that she sat down, sat down to was a meatless meal. There was not a speck of meat on that plate. The husband looked at his wife and said, I want you to say the blessing. The wife answered and said, why? The husband replied, if I give thanks for this meal, the Lord knows I'm lying. We can all understand where this husband is coming from. But before I go on, if you have your Bibles, turn to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. I'm going to be sharing from uh, verses 16 through 18. And I just want to read those verses real, real quick to you. I like the message version. It says, be cheerful, be cheerful no matter what. Pray all the time. Thank God no matter what happens. God wants you, who belongs to Jesus to Christ Jesus, to, uh, how, that's how he wants you to live. You know what? We're only 11 days away from Thanksgiving. 11 days. Do you know the history of Thanksgiving? Do you know the history of Thanksgiving? Nah, I can tell you it was not from the pilgrims. Our, our history of Thanksgiving started in October 6th of 1941 when the House passed a joint resolution declaring the last Thursday of November to be the legal Thanksgiving Day holiday. This was done to, do, to end confusion. I don't know what kind of confusion that they had, but it was to end the confusion. 
But I have a question for you. Do you know that there's a divine scheduled Thanksgiving Day and when it is? Anybody? The divine scheduled Thanksgiving Day is today. It's tomorrow. It's the day after that, and, and so on. In Daniel chapter 6, verse 20, it says, Daniel was on his knees three times a day, praying and giving thanks to, to his God. Every day was thanksgiving to Daniel. And it, should, and it should be for us as well. In Colossians chapter 3, verse 15, the end part of verse 15, and it says, and be thankful. I don't know what kind of things you're going through right now, but it says, and be thankful. In Romans chapter 1, verse 21, it says, for although they knew God, they neither glorified him as God, nor gave thanks to him. But their thinking became futile, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Anybody heard of Charles Spurgeon? He was a, he was a uh, uh, very, he was a uh, Christian uh, that wrote, uh, he, uh, there's uh, commentaries that he's wrote. He commented on this text. He said, I cannot say anything much worse of a man then he is not thankful to those who have been his benefactor. And when he says he is not thankful to God, you said about the worst thing you can say about him. You know what? I know I don't want to be that person that does not give thanks, the praise, the honor, and the thankful, the thanksgiving. I want to, to now give you my Thanksgiving list. It's not a long one, but I'm hoping, I hope it kind of whets your uh, appetite to make your own list. Number one thing, I'm, I think I'm thankful for my faith. You know what? My testimony is not dramatic. You know, I was, when I grew up, I was a runny-nosed little kid at home. I grew up in a Bible-believing church in a, in a home. I went to church Sunday morning, Sunday evening, Wednesday evening, and when I was younger, I did. Uh, I went to uh, vacation Bible school. When I got older, I was in. Uh, I was involved in Youth for Christ. It was not until the age of sixteen when I accepted Christ as my Lord and Savior. I gave my life to Christ after listening to a Christian rock band at the New Union in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Really, it wasn't. You know, like I said, my testimony's not that dramatic. But I can tell you this. I was not a theologian when I first got saved. Like a new Christian, like all new Christians, I knew very little about the Bible other than listening to the sermons that the pastor shared, sitting in Sunday school, and when I was younger, remembering when I was younger, attending 
vacation Bible schools in almost every church in our town. One thing I did know is on that, on that very special day in my life, I was a sinner and Jesus died for me on that tree to save me from my sins. Think with me about the foundation of our, uh, in which our faith rests. In 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 19, it says, Nevertheless, God, sol- God's solid foundation stands firm, sealed with the inscription, The Lord knows those who, <clears throat> who are his, and everyone who confesses their name confesses the name of the, Lord, of the Lord, must turn away from their wickedness. Paul said this to Timothy, the young pastor, who became the pastor of Ephesus after Paul's three-year ministry there. This was to encourage him. The work in Ephesus was difficult. He faced false teachers, false doctrines, disorder during worship, and a lot of materialism. In the face of uh, adversity, Paul reminded him that that though the world around him is crumbling at the foundation, the church is built upon the solid rock. The foundation consists of, of of the base of the structure. It is the footings and the material that provides the support and the stability. Think with me on the severity, the sovereignty of our faith, of the, that our faith rests. It is the foundation of God. Our system of faith is not based on trial and error. We don't go out and, eh, maybe not, or we don't try something. If we get it wrong, go the other way. God possesses all wisdom, seeking direction and consulting with no one. God knew you before you were even born. He knew the plans that he had for you. His plan was a progressive one that accumulated with Christ or his son bearing bearing our sins on the cross. We were born into sin and we needed reconciliation. God provided that that through the sacrifice of his one and only son. Jesus Christ. Christ is the cornerstone of our foundation. He is the key element in which the church is built. I love watching uh, home shows. My favorite is Fixer Upper. I could watch that all day. I like when they go show these old, old houses. Sometimes they look nice. But on the inside and on the, uh, on the uh, surface, there's problems. Many times over the years, foundations crumble and decay, which I've seen on that TV show. They'll, the owner will buy the house and then they'll fix it up. But they didn't look at the basement walls. They didn't look at the foundation. It's crumbling. There's eventually, it is eventually in need of repair, that foundation. I have news for you. You want to hear it? 
foundation of God is not built on corruptible material. There, is never, there has never been a need for repair. That's awesome. The foundation and the building it supports is as, are as strong today as they were in the past or they'll be ever. Think with me, the substance of our faith. Matthew chapter 16, verse 8, 18. And upon the rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Jesus is the rock. I'm not talking about Dwayne Johnson. I'm talking about Jesus. He is so solid that the gates of hell cannot destroy our foundation. That is awesome. Nothing that's coming against you, against me, is going to, is going to crumble. Our, our faith or our foundation. Think with me about the surety of our faith. The foundation of God stands sure. I had to look that up to see what, what that really meant. The foundation of God stands sure. I was wondering what that word sure means. The word sure means to uphold, to establish, make, to stand, or sustain. It is strong and immovable. I think everyone knows the world is attacking the very foundation of our faith. You can see it on TV. You can see it from our politicians. You can see it from people around us that, they're atta that there's attack on our foundation. But you know what? We are not the first to face this opposition. It started way back when Jesus was alive. No matter how hard life gets, we have to remember that we are built on the rock and we are not going to make <clears throat> that we are going to make it through. Think with me about the seal of our faith. Having a seal. The seal in scripture means how things are confirmed, proven or authenticated. You know, I uh, a couple weeks ago, I was at uh, a Vikings, uh, watching the Vikings game, and they have a raffle after the game. I won an Adam Thielen signed football. And it had the certificate of authenticity saying, yes, Adam Thielen signed this football. In this verse... With the seal, having the seal. The seal in the scripture means how, to, how things are confirmed, proven, and authenticated. In biblical times, it was usually a mark of a signet ring on a document. If you've watched any movies from the Middle Ages, they'd have a ring. The king would have a ring, and he'd press his ring down into the hot wax. And that's how they knew that it was, it was real. God knows, God knows those who are, are his. He knows his sheep, 
and they follow him. He seals them with the Holy Spirit until the day he comes, uh, he calls us home. I'm happy to say I have something money can't buy and death can't, death can't take away. I have been saved and forgiven of my sins. This is the first item that I am thankful for. Second item that I'm thankful for is I'm thankful for my family. I'm thankful for my immediate family. I am so grateful for my parents. I was the youngest of seven kids, and I'll never forget how my mom and dad would faithfully attend church. I remember going to church, like I said, on Sunday mornings, Sunday nights, and Wednesday nights. My dad served as an usher and a greeter at the church. He loved to talk. He loved to talk, I can tell you that. We'd go to the gas station, fill up with gas, he'd go in and pay. Half hour later, he'd come out after talking to the, uh, the attendant. He served, he served the church faithfully. I can honestly tell you that they made me into the man I am today. I'm grateful for my brothers and sister that loved and uh, cared for me as well. You know what? I thought this was cool. Tirza pointed this out to me uh, when, uh, when my nephew was... Uh, in tr- you know, having, having, uh, having trouble. That when one of us is hurting or in trouble, we rally around and we'll fight and fight for him and take care of each other because that's what uh, families do for each other. I'm thankful for Tirza. Yeah, she was... She was God's answer to the prayers so long ago. I have other, you know, I've never had to question her loyalty to me. Uh, we have gone through so many things in our marriage. You know, this, this May will be 21 years. We've gone through so many things. Um, we've, things like moving from place to place. When we lived up in Iowa, we, used, we rented, house, we rented uh, houses. And uh, it was kind of funny because uh, we'd rent uh, houses from churches, their old parsonages. And if they'd need it, they need them, then we'd have to find another house and then we'd move into that one. But we moved, things like moving from place to place, um, old cars that I bought that uh, would eventually break down, so I'd have to buy another one. We've had some bus- difficult times like losing a job, uh, you know, a miscarriage. Uh, medical issues. She has always been there for me and I'll always be there for her. And I thank God for my two sons and my daughter. I can tell you it's been a privilege to see these, uh, these, uh, my three kids grow and to see their likes and dislikes. All three of them bring joy to, to our lives. Nathaniel is finishing up his, uh, finishing up junior college and is going to attend Missouri State in the fall of 2020. Uh, he's going into study communications and his ultimate plan is to become a youth pastor. 
know, he, he wanted to follow in his dad's footsteps. I know God had a call on his life, and that's awesome to see. Let's see how it's playing out. Gabby loves to sing and do makeup and all kinds of artsy things. Uh, she indicated to me some time back that she wants to do, uh, do something in music, go to, go to college and do something in music. Remington, on the other hand, he's a 10-year-old boy, and I have no idea what he wants to be. But I do believe God has a plan for him, and it's, it's in the works right now. But as they grow, God reveals new things every day to them as well as to us. You know, I thank God for my extended family. The church, that, uh, the church has been in my life since I was a kid. All the churches that I have attended, I see as my family. If I count back, I think it's uh, seven extended churches, uh, you know, extended church families that I have. You know what? You are my family. All of you are my family. All these churches, they've blessed, they are, have been a blessing to me and my wife and my family. Like I said, all of you here at Freedom Church, as well as uh, if you're watching the podcast, you are all my family. Yeah, I thank God for my friends. In Proverbs 7:17, it says, "A friend loves at all times." In Proverbs 18, verse 24, it says, "Friends come and go, but a true friend sticks by like family." The Apocrypha says. A faithful friend is a strong defense, and he that has found such a, such a one has found a treasure. Yeah, I was, I, after I read that, I went onto my Facebook page. I looked at my friends list. I have 1,722 friends as of today. Some of these friends I know from high school, teachers and professors, CBC people and classmates, people from work, you know, family, uh, church friends, and others. As I think of the number, about this number of friends that I have on Facebook, it made me think, how many would be there to stand, <clears throat> sorry, how many would be there to stand beside me if I needed a hand? Don't get me wrong. I love each and every one of them, and I love to see what's going on in their lives. But how many would stick out a hand and say, hey, I'm here for you? Jesus had 12 close friends, but one betrayed him. If you have a BFF in your life that would do anything for you, Count yourself lucky, because they are a treasure. I'm thankful for my future. God will be with me in my life, in this life. 
Paul was between a rock and a hard place. He did not, he did not know if he would uh, live or die. However, he, <clears throat> he knew that, uh, that if he lived, God would be with him. He was promised never, he, he has promised never to leave or forsake me. He, was, he has given his Holy Spirit to be in me and with me. I don't know where my future is going to take me or what my future has in store, or what my future holds for me. But I do know who holds my future. And I know who holds your future. He has been with me this far, and he promises to be with me till the end. I will be with, I will be with God when he calls me home. Never so much, so much as imagined anything quite like it, what God has arranged for those who love him. 1 Corinthians 2.9. Let me read that over again here. No one's ever seen or heard anything like this. Never so much as imagined anything quite like, like it. When God, what God has arranged for those who love him. No wonder Paul said, for me to, for me to live, is, live is Christ and to die is gain. I have that tattooed on my shoulder. God was basically saying, Paul was, sorry, Paul was basically saying, heads I win, tails I win. If, if, uh, if I live, he'll be with me. If I die, I will be with him. God, our future, if you know God, you know what's, who's going to be there for your, in your future. You know, you know that he has your future in his, in his hands. I have a few, question, a few questions uh, for you all. We're gonna we're gonna close with the with these questions here. Are you thankful for your faith? I know I am. Do you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior? If so, is it a true, is it a sure foundation? Are you thankful for your family? Are you thankful for your friends? Are you thankful for your future? You know what? If you're thankful, let God know it. You know, I'm gonna I feel uh, God calling me to open up these altars. I want you to, uh, if, you know, if you want to, come up here uh, and just let God know how thankful you are.
for, for your future, for everything. You know what, this is, this is close to being so close to Thanksgiving. Come on up here and just thank God for, for uh, what he's doing in your life. You know what, the altars are open right now.